If you have your Bible today, if you could open it to the Gospel of Luke, chapter number two, this is the familiar, the most familiar Christmas story in all the New Testament. And in Luke chapter two, I want us to begin today by reading the first 11 verses. Luke chapter two, if you don't have a Bible, hopefully there's a Bible uh, in front of you on that pew in that little Bible rack. Take that, Luke chapter two, and I want us to look first at the first 11 verses. Let me give you just a minute to find it. Luke chapter two, verses one through 11. And here's what the Bible says. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered or for her to give birth. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And that's Luke's account of the birth of Jesus. Now, as I have thought about that, as I've thought about the time that we would spend together on this Christmas Eve morning, preparing our hearts for the celebration of the birth of Jesus, I heard something by a pastor that some of you might be familiar with, others might not. His name is Jack Graham. He pastors Prestonwood Baptist Church in Dallas or in the Dallas area. And just a few days ago, he made a statement. And when he said this, I thought to myself, he said it much better than I would have ever said it. But I've always kind of thought what he said. And here's what he said. He said, Christmas is a magnifier. He said, during the Christmas season, if things are going well in our lives, if our families are doing well, if our health is good, if our finances are good, if, if our work is good, if, if everything is going well in our lives, somehow Christmas just magnifies that and makes good things even better. If, on the other hand, a person is going through a hard time in their life, maybe a, a situation in their family or maybe a financial problem or maybe you or someone close to you is struggling with some health problem or maybe, even worse, somebody recently has passed away that you love and here we are at Christmas. And so Christmas magnifies that. It takes something that was already challenging, already difficult, already painful, already hard, but there's something about Christmas that just magnifies that. Now, some of you today are in that, in that first category. You say, man, things are going great for me. My family's healthy, everybody's happy, money's good. And so I would say to you today, two things. Number one, you sh if you're in that situation, you should be thankful because we know that every blessing we have comes from God, amen? But the second thing I would say is be careful. Be careful that you don't get more excited and more, uh, you know, thankful for your blessings 
than you are the blesser, the God who gave them to you. I think we have to be careful when we've been blessed and God has been good to us that if we're not careful, we treasure those things more than we treasure God himself. But there are others here today and, and you would say, you know, John, I'm in that second category. Things are not going well for me. This Christmas season, I'm lonely. I look around this room and I see all these families sitting together and I know after the service today and, and even tonight and all day tomorrow, families will be together. And some here today say, but John, as soon as the service is over, I'm going home alone. I'm gonna spend Christmas Eve by myself. I'm gonna spend Christmas Day by myself. And so you're in another category today and there's something about Christmas that magnifies that. See, you were struggling with whatever you might be struggling with back in June and July. It was hard then, but it's harder now. Now, God has a word for you, and the word for you today is be mindful. Be mindful of the fact that Jesus Christ came to this earth not only to forgive us of our sins, but Jesus Christ came to this earth to comfort the brokenhearted. Have you ever thought about the fact that we celebrate Christmas during December? We celebrate Christmas during the, the darkest month of the year, during the, not necessarily here in Houston, but everywhere else, one of the coldest months of the year. Jesus was born. As we read this story about Jesus, everything about the birth of Jesus, we don't know this for sure, but it indicates that it was probably at night. Think about this. Jesus Christ born during the darkest, coldest time of the year, born at night. Why? Because Jesus Christ came to the darkness to do what? To light it up, to be the light of the world. We know that's one of the names of Jesus. He's the light of the world. But friend, I wanna say to you today, not only is Jesus the light of the world, Jesus Christ this Christmas wants to be the light of your world, to brighten up your life. Now, Jack Graham said Christmas is a magnifier magnifies the good things, but it magnifies the bad things. It's a magnifier. And then he said this. He said, whichever one of those two categories we're in at Christmas, what we need to do while Christmas is magnifying our circumstances, what we need to do is we need to magnify Christ. We need to magnify Jesus. In a few minutes when we light these candles, that's what we're gonna be doing. We're gonna be magnifying Jesus. That's what you've done by being in church today. So many people in church, when you could have been home, you could have been asleep, you could have been somewhere else, you came to church, what are you doing? You're magnifying Jesus. You say, hey, this weekend is all about the birth of Jesus and here you are magnifying him. You see, if we only magnify our blessings, if all we focus on this Christmas is all the good things we have in life, it's possible that we could miss Jesus. If on the other hand, all we do is focus on the bad things, the hard things, it's possible that we could miss Jesus that way. And so I want us to think just for a few minutes before we light the candles today, this practical question, how can we magnify the Christ of Christmas? And that's what I've been thinking about. How can we magnify the Christ of Christmas? You know, whatever you focus on becomes bigger and bigger. You focus on your problems, they become bigger. Focus on your blessings, they become bigger. But if you focus on Jesus in your mind and in your heart, he becomes bigger and he becomes more real to you. And so the first thing that I would say today is we magnify Jesus in our minds by remembering that he is the reason for the season. Look again in verse number uh, 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. And so Christmas is all about the birth of Jesus. You know, at Christmas, we do a lot of things and, and, and all the things we do are good things. None of this is bad. We get together with family. We watch ball games. We eat. We exchange presents. We watch Elf. I mean, how many times 
has Elf been on so far? I'm flipping through. It's Elf, Elf, Elf. I'm like, buddy, I can't take you anymore this, this Christmas season. But we do those things. And that's part of Christmas. That's part of the fun. But I want to remind you, Christmas is not just about doing those things, as special and good and right as that all is. Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. It's not just about giving gifts to each other. And I hope that, that you've got your shopping done or most of your shopping done. I was with some of my family the other day and we'll be together later on tonight, but I gave my niece and nephew a couple of things, but one of the things I gave them, I gave them each their own waffle maker because I felt like it's time for them to just grow up and be independent and make their own waffles. <laughs> and they were happy to have that. And then I gave their mother, my sister-in-law, Jody. I gave her a thing that you can make eggs in. It, you'd have to see it, but it's like you can scram, it's like scrambling eggs without really scrambling. You put them in there, kind of like a George Foreman grill for eggs. And so I gave it to her and she was real happy with it. Well, when my nephew was looking at his waffle maker, his sister's waffle maker and his mother's egg machine, he said to me, he said, UJ, these all look kind of the same. He said, be honest with me. Did you just buy them because they were all on the same shelf? <laughs> And I said, man, he busted me. I, I, and I, said, I said to him, I said, buddy, they weren't really on the same shelf, but they were on the same wall. I said, that egg thing was a little bit lower. So whether they like that or not, time will tell. But I wanna remind you this Christmas, the main thing at Christmas is not about the gifts we give each other. The main thing at Christmas is about the gift that God has given to us, and that is his son, Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas is about. It's about the birth of Jesus and his birth in our hearts and in our lives. And so we remind ourselves, whether we're going through good times or hard times, this is, the reason for the season is Jesus. And what I want to do is be mindful of that, that he has come to forgive me and live in me and be with me so that I'll never be alone and to solve my problems and to meet my needs and to be my companion. And so we magnify Jesus, first of all, in our minds by the way we think. Secondly, we magnify Jesus in our hearts by having an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. Now let's pick up in this story because in verse number 12, the angel, he's talking to these shepherds. The shepherds are out in their fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night and something special has happened. Jesus has been born. And so an angel comes down from heaven and he's explaining this and he says to the shepherds in verse 12, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste. Now, these shepherds have left their fields outside of Bethlehem. They're going into Bethlehem. They came with haste. And there they found Mary and Joseph. And not only that, they found the babe lying in a manger. And so what happened to these shepherds? You see, they had already had an encounter with the angel. I mean, that was pretty remarkable. They had something we probably never had, at least not in that way. An angel personally came to them with a message from God. And the message was on this holy night, 
On this special night, there's born to you in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. The long awaited Messiah has been born and he's been born here in Bethlehem today. And then other angels, in fact, a host of angels came and they're singing glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And these shepherds are thinking, man, we've never had a night like this. We've never had heavenly visitors, angels come to tell us this and to lead us in worship like this. We, they had had an encounter with angels, but they needed an encounter with Jesus. And that angel said, you need to go to Bethlehem and when you get there, you'll find Mary and you'll find Joseph. But if you'll look in that manger, you will find the savior of the world. And they went and with their own eyes, they were able to see baby Jesus lying in that manger. What did they have on this Christmas night? They had an encounter with Jesus. I was thinking about all of us gathered here today and those listening who physically can't be here today. It's not possible for you to be in this room today. And I thought during this sermon today, when I, people are listening attentively and, and respectfully, I wonder today how many here would say, John, if the truth were told, I've had an encounter with religion, but I don't know that I've ever had an encounter with Jesus. Some here today would say, I've had an encounter with Hinduism, I've had an, an encounter with, with Islam. I've had, some would say I've, I've had an encounter with Buddhism. Some would say I've tried to, I've tried to have an encounter with God by having an, an, an encounter with some form of, of meditation, trying to kind of hook up to, to, to God somehow. I've had that. Some would say today, if they were honest, I've had an encounter with Christianity. I've had an encounter with Christianity. I'm familiar with Christianity. I know the rituals. I know how it works. I know what a church service feels like. But you would say today, I don't know that I've ever had an encounter with Jesus. Friend, let me say to you, we are not saved by having an encounter with a church. We're not saved by having an encounter with Christianity. We are saved by having an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. And that's what these shepherds had in Bethlehem. They saw Jesus. I mean, the first people to come to Jesus, we always say at the end of our service, if you want to be saved, come to Jesus. It's the great invitation of the Bible. Come to Jesus. These shepherds were the first ones to come to Jesus. And when they did, that encounter that they had with him changed their lives. I received a text message last week from a friend of mine named James Gibbs. James Gibbs is sitting on the third row today. And he sent me a text. James is 32 years old. And he sent me a text on Wednesday of this week. And Wednesday of this week was uh, December the 20th. And here's what he said to me, if I can locate his text, uh, which I know that I can. It's on Wednesday, John. Here it is. There it is right there. I want to just read this to you today. He said, good morning, John. I hope everything is going well. Today is my spiritual birthday. The day I was really born, December the 12th, 2020, at the candlelight service. What a great day to be saved. I texted him back and congratulated him on that. And he said, John, thank you for your reply and so on. He said, I was really, he, James, by the way, is a truck driver. He was texting me from Iowa, from some little town up in Iowa on Wednesday. He said, I was really upset because I wanted to be in church on Sunday for the carols and candle service and for the Lord's Supper at four o'clock. But my company said that they couldn't get me home until Tuesday, the day after Christmas. And I told God last night, I'm not gonna worry about it. 
I trust you that you'll get me home on Saturday so that I can be in church on Sunday. And he said, John, you're not gonna believe it. Today, they sent me a load that delivers to Dayton, Texas on Saturday morning. And they told me after I make the delivery to go home after that. I was so happy. Now I'll be home for Christmas and I'll be home for church on Sunday. Sometimes he said, when you worry about things and not putting all your faith in God, it just shows that if you'll let go of the worry and put it in his hands, that he will take care of you no matter what is going on. I'm so blessed, James said, three years into my salvation and my relationship with Jesus. I just can't believe it sometimes. My only wish is that everybody knows what I know and that Jesus is real and salvation and heaven, it's all real. And having a relationship with Jesus and sharing it with others is the most important thing that we'll ever do in this life. After that, nothing else really matters. And he goes on to say something else. He said, I was thinking about the other day when you said in a recent sermon, when was the last time God spoke to you? And it made me think that night when I was praying to God and across my mind, very clear like, with big words, this is what came across my mind. Go to First Baptist Church. Doesn't that sound like something God would say? Just go to First Baptist Church. Well, that's what God said to James. He said, I opened my eyes shocked because I knew that wasn't for me. And I said, okay, Jesus, I'll go to First Baptist as soon as I get better. He had been sick and been in the emergency room twice. And he said, the first service I came to was Carols and Candles on December the 20th. Your sermon spoke to me so strong. I gave my life and heart to Jesus. I used your words in the salvation prayer, but it was the words of my heart that I truly meant. And I'll never forget the Holy Spirit coming into me. I tried to talk to Austin, our student minister in the family room, but I couldn't talk because I kept crying just knowing what had happened. And he humbly said, I've been such a sinner and put Jesus off my whole life. And for him to save me and change my life just blew me away. So this day means a lot to me. And so do you and your dad and the church. And he celebrated in Iowa on Wednesday, his three-year spiritual birthday. Why? Because, go ahead, th thank the God for that. Because three years ago today, he had what? He had a, an encounter with Jesus Christ. And I'm asking you today, have you had that? Have you had an encounter with Jesus? How do we magnify Jesus? In our minds. We remind ourselves, he's the reason for the season and he's with me. In our hearts, we have an encounter, not just with a service, not just with a candle, but we have an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. And how else can we magnify him? We can magnify him with our words by sharing with others what Jesus means to us. Look in verse number 17. After these shepherds had encountered, they'd seen the baby Jesus in that manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And so after the shepherds encountered Jesus and they knew for sure that he was the savior of the world, the first thing they did, they went out and they told everybody they could find what they had seen. You're not gonna believe it, but God has come to the earth in human flesh and the savior of the world, the long-awaited Messiah has been born. And I get from that 
that one of the ways that we magnify Jesus is by sharing with others what Jesus means to us. You know, there's something about telling others what Jesus means to you that somehow makes Jesus more real in your own heart. This past week, I received a phone call from a family in our church, and they had a family member who was about to die. And they said, John, is there any way that you could come and have prayer for our loved one before she dies? Well, I wanted to go, and and yet I, I didn't know how quickly the passing might happen, and so I was afraid I couldn't get there in time. So I called Rick Lipsy, another one of our ministers, and I said, Rick, could you go to this house and have prayer? We, we need, if possible, to get a minister. It's not always possible, but if we could, to have a minister there, to have prayer with the family. And so he went. And then later on that day, around 4.30 or 5, I, I was able to go myself. And when I got to the house, they invited me in, of course, and they took me back to the room where this lady was, was lying. Her name, Gina. And Gina is 54 years old, Gina Dromgul. And the family said, John, the, her sister Shannon said, she's been diagnosed with cancer and the doctors are saying there's not anything else she can do. And, and we just, we've so appreciated that Rick came and now y'all both come. And, and uh, Rick prayed earlier, if you could just have prayer for Gina that God would either heal her body miraculously or if not, that God would just take her to heaven and heal her that way and that God would be merciful. And as I was gathered around the bed with, with Shannon, with, with Gina's daughter and niece and Gina's parents, and I thought about another pastor that used to live up in Dallas named W.A. Criswell. Now, probably many of you have heard of him. He pastored First Baptist Church in Dallas for 50 years. Dr. Criswell was, was a legend, to say the least, and I've read the accounts on how many times he would be in a setting like that, either in a hospital or maybe in a, in a home like that with somebody about to die. And he would begin to sing to them an old hymn. Now, this hymn is so old that most of you wouldn't even know it. Some of you might. But the hymn is called, I Feel Like Traveling On. Did anybody know that hymn, I Feel Like Traveling On? He would gather around the bed and he would just sing. And I thought about that, gathered around. And I said to the family, you know, if I had a, if I had a singing voice, which I don't, I would love right now, while Gina is getting close to going to heaven, I would love to be able to sing that little song. In fact, I, I pulled it up last night and heard the Gaithers and others singing, singing that song and you know, I don't, I don't have a good voice, but I'll, 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 it's Christmas Eve. I'll, you'll be gracious to me on Christmas Eve, right? My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. There's no pain, there's no death when we get up there. I feel like traveling on. I feel like traveling on. Well, I feel like traveling on. My heavenly home is bright and fair. And I feel like traveling on. How was that? Not terrible. Not great. I didn't have the courage to sing that the other night in that house. 
but I quoted that chorus. I feel like traveling on. And I said to that family, listen, it won't be long until Jesus comes into this room and takes Gina right out of that body that has worn down and worn out. And Jesus will be here and the angels will be here and they will usher her into the presence of God in heaven. And we're gonna pray that God will take her there in just, at just the right time. As I was saying that, her 17-year-old niece spoke up and said, John, before you pray, could I say something? Her name is Kenley Spencer. Kenley, are you here today? I'm just curious. Is Kenley here today? There she is right there, sweet girl. Kenley said, John, I'm a senior, in high, I'm a senior at Deer Park High School. And she said, I was in church on New Year's Day of this year. New Year's Day in 2023 was on a Sunday. She said, your dad brought the sermon and at the end he gave the invitation and he said, if there's anybody here who needs to be saved, who needs to make peace with God and know beyond the shadow of any doubt that when they die, they're going to heaven. If there's anybody who wants to make that decision, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer and you can pray that prayer and God will hear it and God will answer it. She said, John, on New Year's Day of this year, I prayed that prayer. And when he asked us to stand up, I was nervous, but I stood up and my life was changed. And she said, he, she said to me, John, I was so excited that I had made that decision that I invited my, my cousin, Kaylee Dromgoul, to come. Kaylee, are you in this service today? Kaylee here, there's Kaylee right there, sitting back there by Kenley. And she said, not only did I invite my cousin Kaylee, but I invited my aunt, Kaylee's mom, Gina, to come to the, start coming to First Baptist. And she said, they both started coming. And then more of my family started coming. And, and, and Shannon, her, aunt, her uh, other family started coming. And Shannon's husband started coming. And, and Gina and Shannon's mom and dad started coming. And she said, John, as the weeks went on, my cousin Kaylee, asked Jesus to come into her heart. And my Aunt Gina asked Jesus to come into her heart. And she said, John, it was the most wonderful thing. On April the 16th of this year, me, my cousin Kaylee, and my Aunt Gina, who's lying in that bed dying, she said, all three of us, you baptized all three of us together on Sunday morning, April the 16th of this year. The beautiful, beautiful testimony. And I have, the, I have the list of all six people that I baptized that day. Keith, Andrew, Southard, Kennedy, Mitchell, Braden, Robinson, Kenley, Spencer, Kaylee, Dromgul, and Gina Dromgul. And she said, John, we're all sad that my aunt's about to die. But we know because of her decision for Jesus that when her body dies, she immediately will be in God's presence and she'll be healed of this cancer and she'll be in heaven on Christmas. And so I prayed, God, be merciful. God, please be merciful to Gina. And when it's the right time, just take her to heaven. And I got a call about an hour and a half, maybe two hours later, I got a text message actually. And they said, Gina now has slipped out of her body and the angels have come and Jesus has come and she's in heaven now. Now today, remember at the beginning I said Christmas is a magnifier? If we're going through good things, it ma it, they're magnified. If things are upside down in our lives and hard and difficult, it's all magnified. But how can we 
in either situation. Say, what I'm going to do is I'm going to magnify Jesus. We do it in our minds. He's the reason for the season. He's with me. We do it in our hearts. We have an encounter with him where he becomes real to us. And we do it with our words by sharing Christ with others. I said, Kenley, you started this year by doing the right thing and giving your heart to Jesus. And then you told your family and then they made that decision. And I said, as a result, I said, there is a ripple effect to our obedience. And because you did right, your Aunt Gina is not only coming to the end of the year at peace with God, but she's coming to the end of life at peace with God. For that family today, this is a difficult Christmas. But I want to say to Kenley and Kaylee, anybody else in Gina's family who's in the service today, would you just stand up today? This is tough for you to be here today. Look at this whole row back here today. Her parents are here. They're in God's house on Christmas Eve. And they know where Gina is because of her faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, as we come to the end of the sermon and get ready to light these candles, let me ask you this question. Has there ever been a time in your life where you had a genuine encounter, not with a church, not with a pastor, not with a priest, not with a ritual, but where you had a genuine encounter with Jesus Christ and he became real to you? If not today with our heads bowed and eyes closed, before we light these candles, we wanna give people here a chance today to make the greatest decision they could ever make, and that is to make peace with God through receiving Jesus. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, whoever, and that includes you. And so all across this room today, if you would say, John, I'm just not sure that I have ever really done that. I, just, I think I have, I hope I have. Some would say, I know I haven't. But if you're not sure that you have, would you just, I'll make this prayer very simple and very short today because God knows your heart. You say, I want to know on Christmas Eve that I'm saved. Pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me and I trust you to do it. Welcome to my heart, Lord. Begin now to make me the person that you want me to be. Now, friend, if you prayed that prayer, God has heard it. He has answered it. Your sins are forgiven. You're like a newborn baby now. You're all tomorrows and no yesterdays. Today, December the 24th is your spiritual birthday because Jesus said when we pray that prayer, when we trust him to save us, we're born again. And so you can always remember on Christmas Eve, that's when I was, that's when I was born again. That's when Jesus became real to me.